We're recording this on July 26, 2020 at about 10.30 in the morning. So by the time you hear this, the NHL playoffs are ready to get underway in Edmonton and Toronto. Yes, you heard that right, Edmonton and Toronto. Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the hockey show that now has a man on the ground in Edmonton ready to report. I'm Stuart Jones and with me from afar is Darren Plett. How's Hello. It going, Darren? You, yeah, I was going to say, you kind of made it sound like I'm the one in Edmonton. but Yeah, uh, I guess. No, we, we, we snuck you in. Yep, the NHL has selected very few media personalities to attend, and I am near there. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Let's leave it mysterious. Uh, off the bat, when we decided we were going to record this podcast... I kind of said we we think we can scrape together some news and have a little intro for the the play in for the tournament and then something big dropped. We have the name for the new Seattle team. Indeed. And that that gives us a lot to talk about. That's kind of fun. So Stu, I haven't actually asked you yet. What do you think about the new Seattle Kraken? The Seattle Kraken. Well, f- before I tell you what I think, I should just mention that our very first episode of this podcast, we talked about the Seattle team and what its name could be, and we said it should be the Kraken. Really? Did we? I believe so. <laughs> Don't quote gonna, me on that now. But I'm going to have to – well, no one's listened to the pilot, right? So that's good because right. I might have to change my opinion that I've written down if that's oh, the my. case. I, I, I should also point out to those listening – to not go back and listen to no. that episode because yeah. it was a bad episode. We don't need proof of anything said in the pilot episode, and you don't need your ears to bleed from that first episode. Yeah, just just take our word for it that we are, you know, we have very good prediction powers. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, my opinion of the Kraken, which sounds like it will differ from yours, I like it. it you know, it's it's not traditional, but it's a brand new team, so it shouldn't have to be. It's a little gaudy, and yes, the Kraken is traditionally from the other side of the globe. (laughs) But, you know, you hang out anywhere in the ocean, in any ocean, and tell me with 100% certainty where you are and that there isn't a giant sea monster directly (laughs) underneath you. And then, you know, you can name the team whatever you want. But, you know, I kind of like it. Uh, You know, who I don't really care all that much, but regardless of the name, I think the logo, the colors, and the jerseys look phenomenal. And frankly, you could name it whatever you want. If you come up with something that looks that good, I approve. And I know exact, that's exactly what they were waiting for, is for my approval. But uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's my opinion of it. Name, pretty cool. Sure, whatever. Looks awesome. So I'm down. Here's my problem now with our podcast is that still i think we think far too much alike you know (laughs) interesting media things usually have people disagreeing a lot and then you know like arguing or discussing things with each other my thoughts are completely identical to yours (laughs) the name kraken i don't have that big of an issue with it it's like in my mind it's a little tacky it's kind of like the toronto raptors yeah like if you called them the Toronto Raptor or something, it's like, eh, eh. but in a couple of years, I'm pretty sure it'll just grow on me and it'll be fine and it'll be completely normal. So, you know, the Seattle Kraken at the moment sounds slightly strange, but I'm sure that will wear off. 
And just like you, and I think a lot of people, I think the jerseys and the logo are so slick. They got that right. That's really what matters. And uh, like the little eyeball in the Seattle S with the little tentacle, super cool. Um, The anchor, which is their logo for the shoulder patch, the vertical part of the anchor is the Space Needle, which is also insanely cool. And it's all like really simple and clean and the colors are good. So I'm I'm in. I'm down. I think it's awesome. Like it's proved to be not particularly divisive. Like most people, I think, like it. And they had just incredible sales, like jersey sales right off the bat. So I think that pretty much confirms that um, it was a good choice. So, yeah. Good for I, them. I think the jersey sales would have happened regardless. But, yeah. uh, well, if they were like completely hideous, I think <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, not maybe so right. much. But yeah, you're right. I think Seattle was also very much clamoring for a hockey team. So that helps. Yeah. But no, I guess, you know, you're right in the sense that like probably non-Seattle people are more interested because these jerseys look cool. Like I would be tempted to get one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely the Seattle market would have bought them regardless of what it said and how it looked, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I'm excited to see them get on the ice in those things. Like for the Golden Knights, it was like, meh. Uh, like same thing i think they were pretty cool and the jerseys were interesting but i really want to see those cracking jerseys on the ice i want to see what kind of like in arena things they get up to intro things how they incorporate crack it into everything i think it's gonna be super cool yep definitely release the kraken will be the most overused hashtag oh very much however many years <laughs> and the headlines will be insufferable and probably the title of this podcast if i had to guess yeah probably <laughs> Well, do you want to shift gears into what is going to be currently happening? You have some thoughts on the hub cities, I believe, that the teams are playing in. Yeah. So the last time we had an episode, if I'm not mistaken, we had talked about, we had listed off the potential hub cities because they hadn't been announced yet. And in fact, there was a real sort of sticking point with using a Canadian city because the federal government wasn't willing to sort of lift the 14-day isolation uh, for international travelers. So we were kind of thinking it might not even be in Canada, one of the cities. Turns out we were wrong. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Yep, but completely wrong. First time that's happened. So anyway, <laughs> uh, in case you haven't heard, uh, the two hub cities are going to be Edmonton and Toronto. So Edmonton for the Western Conference uh, games and Toronto for the Eastern Conference games. So both in Canada, for those of you who aren't aware, but <laughs> what kind of an audience? Do, where are those places? Where are they? <laughs> so, you know, I, I can't say much about Toronto, but obviously, you know, I have a personal connection with Edmonton. In other words, I was born there. I grew <laughs> up in this area, um, you know, and I've heard lots of criticism about that choice about edmonton as a city what else is new it's no uh, no edmonton no. It's great it's everyone great. loves edmonton just ask chris pronger anyways <laughs> um but what i thought was interesting was uh one unnamed player but described as a prominent western conference player he was asked if edmonton would be a factor in players opting out compared to say vegas 
And he said, the location of the hub hasn't been a consideration for any of the guys I talked to. If we went to Vegas, it's not like guys were really expecting to be able to go play cards at the Cosmo or whatever. The only reason guys are going to opt out is for health, personal, or family reasons. Hockey guys just aren't divas like that. So, you know, I think that's a, a great point. You know, you're going to be locked in the hotel room and the arena. You're not exactly going out to socialize. You know, it's the summer, so it doesn't feel like Edmonton at its worst. <laughs> so, you know, is it really making that much of a difference? In fact, Edmonton in the summer, probably more comfortable than, say, Vegas in the yeah, summer. probably. Temperature-wise. So all that being said, I do find it amusing when the premier of Alberta and for our one American listener, premiers are like governors for provinces <laughs> and provinces are like states. So anyways... He said, he basically said that Edmonton was going to get a bunch of free advertising during this whole thing, and it would really help tourism whenever that's a thing again. But I'm kind of thinking that, like I said, you're locking up a bunch of bored athletes in hotels with very little entertainment and millions of Twitter followers. <laughs> I don't think any city was going to like get good press during this process, whether you were in Edmonton, Vegas, um, Miami, wherever the heck you were. I think it's like there's going to be some shade thrown at what's going on here because, yeah, they're they're not exactly going to be having fun when they're not playing hockey. Maybe no, they could take an Instagram story of their favorite shuffleboard table, and that's really <laughs> going to boost tourism in Edmonton. <laughs> exactly. So either way, I'm kind of proud that Edmonton is hosting, and you know, I'm interested to see how they handle it. Uh, I hope it goes really well. I've kind of seen that, you know, they're doing a lot of work with the arena to give, you know, screens where the stands are to give some atmosphere in that. Uh, so it'll be really cool and interesting to see what happens with it. Um, but I, I hope it goes well, obviously. Yeah, I think most of the shade thrown, like, like you said, they're all cooped up in hotels and restricted areas. So no matter where they are, it doesn't matter. A lot of the shade thrown at Edmonton was for that tacky come to Edmonton, be the hub city video where all they showed was video of the mountains and Jasper and Banff. <laughs> and like most of the, most of that I see is people like posting a picture of themselves in Banff. And they're like, man, Edmonton's really nice this time of year and stuff like that. And I get it. Like that's, that was such a dumb video, but like if Edmonton has the lowest COVID rates, that's perfect. They have a brand new arena, tons of facilities, uh, hotels basically connected to the arena, stuff like that. That's all perfect. And yeah, I'm a Calgarian, so it is bred in me to really dislike Edmonton irrationally, but it just, it really does make sense to have games there. It just really does. I have been reading lots of articles and people who are inside the bubble or know what's going to be happening inside this, you know, restricted COVID bubble where, you know, people can't go in and out. And if they have to go in and out, they have to get tested and test negative and everything. And there's some fun things happening or fun facts, I guess. I hate calling things fun facts because <laughs> it kind of informs you that they're not actually going to be that fun. But I think they're fun. For instance, things like, each player gets their own hotel room. So they basically have to book like three, two or three hotels for the NHL in the city because they're not rooming together. So they're really spread out and there needs to be a lot of hotel rooms. If each player and each individual associated with the team gets their own room. So that means each team gets at least a couple floors in each hotel. And 
one journalist was going around asking how the teams are going to decorate their floors, which I thought was a hilarious <laughs> question to ask hockey players and GMs. Like, that's first on their mind. How are you decorating your floors? Decorating? <laughs> really? <laughs> that's okay. I assume there will be some, you know, team paraphernalia hung up for, you know, pride purposes, but I don't think they're really too concerned about that. But one of my favorite fun facts is that to determine which hotel the teams are staying in, their regular season rankings are being used, <laughs> which really makes it sound like they're kind of like someone who barely scraped their way into the play and is going to be staying in like a CD motel somewhere on the outskirts of Edmonton or something like that. No, that's actually how they're separating. Like the, the top teams will be staying in the hotel that's actually right beside Rogers place. It's Rogers place, right? Not Rogers arena or Rogers rink. Uh, now you're making me second guess. <laughs> I think it's Rogers' place, but uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the team's further down. The rankings have to stay in a hotel that's a little bit farther away, and from what I'm told, it's a little bit less luxurious. <laughs> 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 that's that's kind of fun, actually. I thought that was pretty funny. They have to decide somehow, and I guess that was the easiest way. So that's all kind of fun. And another thing I read actually just this morning made me think a little bit. There was an article on how players will be interacting with each other off of the ice a lot. Players from different teams. Like, a lot of teams are staying in the same hotels. These guys are going to run into each other in the lobbies. Mm-hmm. And some GMs are joking that 20 years ago, that would probably be a really big issue. There might be fist fights <laughs> in the lobby. You know, nowadays, a lot of opposing players are buddy-buddy, a lot of friends and stuff like that. But you got to think that there will be some bad blood in a couple of these series and that these guys running into each other in the, you know, the hotel bar in the lobby or something kind of gave each other the cold shoulder. I think that's kind of a funny thing to think about. Like these groups of players walking by each other and giving each other like the, the hairy eyeball as they go by, like, I'm going to see you on the ice tonight, buddy. I remember what happened last night. You're going to get it. So I I thought those things were kind of interesting. You know, just little things about living in the bubble that you might not really think about, but players are going to have to kind of deal with. Yeah, definitely. Now it is time for everyone's favorite Battle of Alberta podcast segment. I don't actually know that, but I just assume because it's one (laughs) of our only segments. It's time for Sally's and Scorns. So, Stu, I'm going to put you in the spotlight. What do you got for me? Um... I'm going to start with my scorn, I think, because I'd like to end on a more positive note with my Sally, I guess. Oh, my. We'll see how that goes. So my scorn is uh, for Ken Campbell of the Hockey News. Oh, name dropping. Yep. He's yeah. Well, he's put his name on the article. I'm going to share that article. (laughs) So, yeah, no anonymity here. Um, which, you know, I do appreciate. At least it's not some random blogger and, or anonymous commenter or something like that. But uh, he wrote an article at the beginning of July. So, you know, this is a, a bit dated, but this is why it's relevant. And in that article, he said, absolutely and unequivocally, zero players would opt out of the return to play. And not only that, it was a waste of time to even negotiate that part of the agreement. Throughout the article, he undermines COVID's potential effects on the players and their families. And he says, 
quote, hockey players care more about what their teammates think about them than almost anything else. And any player who declines to play, even if he doesn't disclose a reason, knows he will have a very, very difficult time walking back into his team's dressing room next season. So, you know, there's, there's definitely a problem with hockey culture because that part is potentially true. But the way that he wrote this article was just furthering that problem. He didn't say that that was a problem. He just basically said, he, he basically kind of walked through it and said, you know, this is how it goes and that's really how it should be. And he kind of agreed with, you know, if play, players shouldn't be opting out because that's not what hockey players do. That's not hockey culture. Well, I think he's absolutely wrong. He was wrong about the zero opt-outs. We know that. Sure, there wasn't floods of them, but there's a few. He was wrong. He's definitely wrong about COVID and how that's, you know, practically harmless to them or their families or their immediate circles. He's wrong about what hockey players care about, as evidenced by the fact that some hockey players did opt out for family reasons. And that mm -hmm. trumps hockey all the time. I love hockey. You love hockey. Everyone knows that that doesn't mean it's number one, right? Yeah. And I really hope he's wrong about how the rest of the league is going to treat these guys because they should be uh, honored and respected for the choices they've made. They are incredibly tough choices for them to make. And so um, I think we need to start changing hockey culture and not just say that, well, that's the way it is. So these guys are, you know, in for trouble. That's not how we should approach that. So that's my scorn this week. That is definitely, I think that's definitely an appropriate scorn. And we know that a couple players, well, one player each from our teams has opted out. And I think that is totally fine. They gave, you know, they gave reasons and those reasons are totally valid and they shouldn't even need a reason. Like, yeah, exactly. They're protecting family. They're protecting themselves. And that is totally fine. So good for the players that opted out. And thank you for your score and bringing that kind of an article to light yeah anytime uh did you want to take one of yours or should i move on to my celly no cheer me up with your celly <laughs> okay so my celly actually is uh outside of uh, the hockey world but don't worry i'm still staying within the sports world oh baby my celly is for the mlb yes the baseball league <laughs> uh so they started their season last week on uh, July 23rd. And for the first game, which was in DC, uh, the letters on the MLB logo on the pitcher's mound were reversed to BLM, obviously for the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize that if you reverse the letters, <laughs> that's genius. First off, yeah, pretty clever, right? But second off, the fact that they did that, and not only that, then all players from both teams knelt before the national anthem. That's pretty classy baseball. I did not think you had it in you. So that's an amazing uh, move on their part. I think that's probably one of the better reactions I've seen to that, um, that issue from sports in a while, definitely compared to some other leagues that I won't even name. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought that was really cool of them and, I thought it was worth talking about baseball in this hockey podcast for that alone. Yeah, very classy. I didn't hear about that, but I'm glad you brought it up. That's really cool. 
My my Sally and Scorn seem very trivial, both of them compared to yours. You had some uh, hard hard hitting ones, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead with my Scorn, and I'm actually gonna read out the headline that that I got my Scorn from. This is word for word uh, on from CBC. It says hockey drive-in and beer garden planned for downtown Edmonton. Now I do realize that the drive-in and beer garden is probably supposed to be separate judging by the headline, but I'm not, I'm not entirely positive about that because a, if they are separate, then maybe you shouldn't put them together in the headline of the article to make me think that they're the same thing. And B if they are together and they are the same thing, drive-ins and beer gardens, I don't I don't think I should have to really, you know, <laughs> inform people of this. Those things don't really belong together. So I don't think I have to get too in-depth on this. People know drinking and driving is bad, right? Apparently some people don't, but don't drink and drive for the sake of hockey. Don't drink and drive because there's a pandemic and it, you know, it's more efficient and it's not safer to get <laughs> beer delivered into your vehicle as a part of a drive-in beer garden. That doesn't make sense. So uh, I guess kudos for trying to be safe from the virus. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't make drinking and driving better. So let's, let's take care of that. Let's maybe separate those two things. Let's hope they're completely separate. And uh, that's my scorn. No drinking and driving. That's a little PSA from your friends at the BOA podcast right there. That's a, that's a good one. Yep. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> no, you're welcome. Just so you know. Uh, my celly is more of a fun story than a celly, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Uh, it comes from an article on The Athletic that I read yesterday. And it has to do with the Seattle Kraken's, you know, live stream reveal. Uh, so the story goes that the live stream was set to happen you know on whatever day it happened i didn't research that hard unfortunately but general manager ron francis who is the kraken's general manager he's supposed to receive this polo shirt with the kraken logo on it for the live stream and then he's gonna you know reveal it when they reveal the logo etc and apparently he was super excited for this polo shirt to be delivered so he was waiting on his front steps actually you know like we all do for amazon packages (laughs) and uh, the delivery time came and passed and no polo shirt he started to get a little worried so he you know, started digging into it, looking at the tracking number, seeing where the package is. And he found out that it was had been delivered to the wrong address and was signed for at a small business somewhere in Seattle. So he got on the phone with this small business to see if they had his package. Now, a man picks up on the other end. And this man who is the part owner of this small business is a lifelong Carolina Hurricanes fan. For those who don't know, Ron Francis is a Hall of Fame player who played for the Carolina Hurricanes, and he is very widely regarded as one of their best players ever. So this Carolina Hurricanes fan picks up the phone and hears, hi, it's my name's Ron Francis, and I'm looking for a package. And this guy goes, <laughs> yeah, no way that can be that, Ron Francis. So he continues with the conversation like this is a normal, everyday Ron Francis. And... Uh, This Ron Francis is looking for his package that was delivered to the wrong address. So this small business owner gets his employees to look for it. Uh, Nope, nope, can't find it. Sorry. 
Ron Francis says, can you look harder? I really, really need this package. <laughs> so they go and look for it even harder. No, sorry, man, can't find it. And then the small business owner hears from the other end of the line, are you a hockey fan by any chance? <laughs> and yeah, turns out it was the Ron Francis and this business owner and his employees started looking extremely hard for this package and they did end up finding it. And it was, there was very little time to actually get it to Ron Francis in time for the live stream, but they had their best delivery driver scream out to Ron Francis's house and deliver it as the live stream was starting. So Ron Francis got his package and in the article he says, I'm, I was really sorry because I couldn't like properly thank these people because I had to literally grab the package and run back and open it and put it on for the live stream. So I guess my silly for this whole fun story is that after the live stream was over and everything happened, Ron Francis called up this small business again. He got them tons of uh, Seattle Kraken swag. And since they were the owner was such a big Carolina Hurricanes fan, he got them signed memorabilia of himself, Hurricanes gear, all this stuff to thank them for helping him out with this lost package. And I thought that was, hey, that was really cool, you know, gesture from him to thank them. And it was like a fun story and effort all around but also for the journalist to uncover that totally random and fun story and write an article about it the kind of thing you don't normally hear about but that's my celly because it was a super fun read and a fun little you know journey through a day trying to get just a polo shirt for a live stream that's a phenomenal story <laughs> Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, I also wanted to just throw in one other fun fact that I uh, noticed is that uh, Ron Francis, as you mentioned, Carolina Hurricanes star, uh, when he was drafted by that franchise, they were, of course, at the time, the Hartford Whalers. So there's mm -hmm. definitely been some uh, connections being put out that, you know, with the Whalers and the Kraken that maybe he had, uh, you know, a little say in the whole Kraken thing. It's like, yeah, I, I, that that theme really grabs me for some particular reason. So, yeah, maybe he's Davy Jones. Maybe. No, I'm that's, pretty sure that's what it is. That's a great story for sure. I, I love when, you know, people in hockey – you know, work together to do something, even though, even if it's just as simple as, you know, getting a polo shirt to the GM in time for a live stream. But that's really cool that then he went back to them and, you know, you know, thank them properly for it. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Stu, we actually have some predictions to make. Are you ready? As ready as anyone could possibly be about predicting what's coming. <laughs> So I think I think we'll take a pass on predicting the uh, exhibition game unless you want to unless you're really interested in how they do in on July 28th, you know, Flames versus Oilers. Do you think do you think that's going to be a game worth watching or is it going to be like a warm up? Um yes. <laughs> <laughs> Both. I think it's definitely going to be just a warm up. It's probably not going to be like a hundred percent effort at the same time it's flames versus oilers so maybe there will be a little no pun intended fire between the two um 
but I'm still going to watch it because I haven't seen a hockey game in how many months now? <laughs> like, I'm not waiting an extra five days just for quote-unquote real hockey. I will take an exhibition any day just to, you know, get my fix. <laughs> Anything counts, yeah. I have this feeling that it's going to be kind of, like, tentative and, I don't know, maybe, like, super high scoring because it's going to be, like, shinny, but you're you're totally right. There's It's hockey. It's happening, everybody. Yeah, and it's the Battle of Alberta, so you know, you know yeah. that something's going to go down, right? You know, I, I guess don't we think really have goalie fights, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should really care about it in that case. Yeah, exactly. But we do have two play-in rounds that we particularly very much care about. That would be the Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets and the Oilers versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Do you have? predictions about those two play-in rounds i do i will preface it by saying i don't think anyone knows what's going to happen this is going to be nuts and i cannot wait uh but i'll also just kind of lump them both together for the sake of brevity because i think the exact same thing is going to happen i think both those series are going to be incredibly close um i think i think both of our teams are going to win it uh, I think the Oilers uh, and the Flames are both going to win those series. I think they'll both be in five. So it's a best of five series. So I think it's going to go the whole way um, because obviously the Jets are a really great team. The Blackhawks, although they did really poorly this past season, you never want to play the Blackhawks in what yeah. they might consider to be playoffs. I know the NHL doesn't call these playoff games. But I can guarantee you Taves and Kane are thinking these are playoff games. I'm going to bring my A game. And I, you know, so I'm definitely terrified of that. So it's going to be close games. But um, but I, th- I think they're uh, Alberta is going to eke out some victories here, but it'll be close for sure. All right. I'm with you on the Flames, the Flames series. I have them winning in five as well. Uh, I'm a Flames fan. Therefore, I don't really have that much faith in the Flames. But uh, the Jets are really thin on defense. So uh, in the long run, I think the Flames are a little bit stronger and hopefully they come out of this break with a little bit more passion and pizzazz than the Jets. And if they do, I think they've they've got it in the bag. Uh, the Oilers actually have winning in four because, yeah, I'm a Flames fan and I, I'm genetically dispositioned to hate the Oilers, but they have... Leon Dreisaitl, who got 110 points in 71 games, and Connor McDavid, who got 97 points in 64 games. How is Chicago supposed to stop them? Hmm. Like, they're both fresh. They're both raring to go, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, Taves and Kane are pretty good, but they're not defensemen (laughs) or goalies. Like, like, I agree with the, with the point you just made, but I've never heard anyone say Taves and Kane are pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, but like if you compare them to the the point totals I just told you, yes, it's like it's true. How are they going to stop Drysaddle and McDavid? Like Chicago barely squeaked into this play, and their defense is not great. Um, I think it's two high powered offensive teams going at each other, and if you're battling. Edmonton purely on offense. That's not going to work out so hot for you. So I got Edmonton winning in four. I, I hope it doesn't happen, but I just really can't see Chicago hanging with Edmonton's big boys. Well, that's fair. I uh, appreciate the vote of confidence. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> 
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to our little playoff primer from the Battle of Alberta podcast. Please be sure to rate it, like it, subscribe to it, anything to get us a little more exposure on whatever podcast app you listen on. Uh, Our theme song is Lose Your Head by Apache Tomcat. And since there's going to be so many games in such a short span of time... Uh, I think you'll be hearing from us more recently than you have over the past six months or so. So we'll see you in a bit. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.